Good morning, all. Today we will be uh, looking at Josiah. It's, uh, it is exciting to read about Josiah. It's one of the reading in the, in the Kings that uh, gives you something to smile for or um, to realize um, how God can be honored by um, young ones. Uh, I really enjoy uh, studying this um, this passage. If you want to read about uh, Josiah, you would be finding in Second King, uh, chapter twenty-two, chapter twenty-three, and the same thing in Second Chronicle, uh, chapter thirty-four and thirty-five. Those um, are the main highlight of uh, Josiah's story. As we start with singing. Uh, this this morning, the songs talks about uh, God coming to renew us and to to revive the church. Those are two key key words that can actually describe uh, the reign of of Josiah renewal and and revival. And uh, Josiah, as now we have we been looking into uh, the kings in. Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom, since uh, Israel is divided, Josiah is now one of the last king, one of the stable king, and one of the rare king in um, in Judah. And by this time, uh, the Northern Kingdom is already into exile, and um, the Southern Kingdom also is because of all the sins that have been committed before. Even though Josiah is bringing some more uh, repentance and positive, but that is not taking away the anger of, of God. So um, it's just few years left before we will also see uh, the southern kingdom uh, vanish. Um, but uh, last week, we, uh, we looked into King Manasseh um, with, uh, with John. And, um, of course, after Manasseh, we had uh, Ammon, who is the, the dad of um, Josiah. And so you can see from, from uh, Manasseh and then Ammon, those are two bad kings that just came right before uh, Josiah. And it's looking at the reign of Josiah is really a miracle just because of his, his inheritance. And so uh, let's see how he is described here um, in Second King chapter 23, verse 25. It says, Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the laws of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. It's, it's quite a, a distinction that we've seen here. Uh, concerning um, Josiah. And uh, fascinating about him is that he started reigning when he was still a, a boy, a child. Basically, uh, he was eight when, um, when he started reigning. And one, one would ask the question, this, this description that is said about Josiah, before him there wasn't any king and after him, there wasn't anyone else like, like him uh, in a sense of turning his heart to God. 
And uh, we've seen throughout um, the, the history of uh, Israel, the Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom, how some of the kings actually have a very good start. They have everything ready for them to be successful king. But yet, uh, we see their rules and their ends uh, being, they've been described as the most evil one. But here we see the very opposite with, um, with Josiah. But uh, he is described in a, this fascinating way. Um, so how, with, with that context, how come he, um, he was a man of God? What, what was his, his secret? And so these are the things that we would, we would explore as we look into um, Josiah. And the first thing is that him being a boy, he started seeking God. His, his heart started yearning uh, to God. And we can see that in Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse, verse 35. We're not going to read those. And so he started actually desiring God in, in his heart. And um, he began cleaning the temple, you know. Um, as we look into uh, cleaning the temple, that shows how much uh, Judah has gone away from God. And, and the temple became whatever, you know, um, neglected and people didn't even care about it. But Josiah, just because of his heart for, for God, and he started when he was about 19, uh, cleaning the temple and uh, going about looking at what is happening in, in Judah, what are the idol worship, and he went against all of that, destroying um, idol worship, any form of idol that we've seen with um, uh, all the other kings that came before um, before him, uh, we've seen how much uh, they've brought um, this idol worship. But he went, and he, he wasn't really casual about it. He, he went for it. It's not simply destroying them. And even if there were some of the prophet, the prophet of, of idols, the prophet of Baal that were buried, he went even digging their graves to burn, uh, to burn their bones like we don't want to have anything like that. He, he didn't want to have any trace of, of idol worship in, in, um, in Judah. And that, that, shows, that shows how much Josiah realized the holiness of God, how much he realized that the land that they are in is, is belong to God and things that has happened before him are not supposed to, to be there and somehow he wanted to restore it in the state that it should be like. That's that he went up to even destroying the graves of um, those who brought about idol worship in in Judah. He uh, also, in repairing the temple, uh, he gave instructions on how people to go to to restore to clean the temple and then to repair it. Now, in that process of cleaning the temple, uh, they found a book. And finding the book is one of the turning points in, in the reign of, of Josiah and in, in Judah as, as a whole. So uh, when the secretary um, read the book to him, 
he, he was shocked, basically. He was overwhelmed by how much uh, Judah and Israel as a whole has gone away from God. And so when, when, when that book was, was, was found and, uh, and Josiah heard the words of, of those books, and he, he realized the implications of, of not obeying God. He realized how dangerous it was um, not to, to obey the, the voice of, of Yahweh. And as we've been, we've been talking, we've been thinking about uh, revival and, and renewal, you know, and, and these are some of the things that we, we as, as believers, we also long for to see revival. We pray for, for revival. And, and sometimes in, in our thinking of, of, of revival, we, we look at a time where you go on the street Everybody is singing the name of Jesus and miracles of happenings and, and, and all of that. Of course, uh, miracles um, can be part of, of revival. But revival is, is actually realizing how sinful I am and how holy God is. And so... When I realize that in my sinfulness I have not walked according to the holiness that God expects from me, and, and it is at this time that I, this is when a revival happens. There's a revival that happens in your mind, in your heart. And the rest of, of miracles happening, the, the, the outworking of that, it is just the consequences of the, of the revival that has already happened. This is what happens with, with Josiah here. When he heard the word of, of the law, and he realized that this is what they were supposed to do as the people of Israel, and, and suddenly there was a revival in his mind. And so the rest of the action that he's going to take, it is just walking out of the revival that's already taken place in, in his heart. But how, how important is, is this? Most scholars, they, they believe, they agree that the book that was found, found in, in the temple was the book of the law, was Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy is a very important book for the people of Israel, and even very important book for us today because most of the covenants that Jesus even referred to are actually based on what we see in, uh, in, in Deuteronomy. And so looking at, at the importance of, of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is, is a significant book. It, literally, it means the second law. But um, it is rather a misunderstanding or mistranslation because God has not given two laws to, to the people of Israel. Basically, it was a renewal of the law uh, when Moses was about, was about to, to die. So it's, it's the same law that God has given to, to Moses before. But Moses led the people of Israel to renew all of it. And so uh, they may have added some more um, explanations or, or more commentary 
on it, but it wasn't the second law that, that, that was given. But the importance of Deuteronomy for the people of Israel is that it's a book that uh, states the covenant relationship between Yahweh and the people of Israel. And, and, and Yahweh is that I am here for you. Uh, I am dedicated myself to bless you so that you know what love is. And what I require from you is for you to live according to this instruction that I'm giving you in, in, this, in this law. And basically, you obeying this law is for your own benefit. And so it, it is a very significant book that Moses, at the end of his life, he called the people of Israel together and to renew the covenant with them. You are about to go and possess the land that God is, is leading into. But do not forget that this is the covenant that is going to uh, bring blessing to you. You need to abide with, um, with this, this law. And in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 46 to verse 47, it says this. And Moses said to them, Take to heart all the word by which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is not empty word for you, but you are very life. And by this word you shall live long in the land that you are going over to Jordan to possess. And, and so... The, the book of the law, basically the Bible for, for the people of, of Israel, wasn't simply a writing. It, it, was, it was their life, as, as Moses was, was saying. And even the kings in Israel, for them as king, the first thing that they should possess is to have a copy of the law that they should refer to uh, so that they can govern or they can lead the people of Israel righteously according to, to the word of God. And so... The Bible was supposed to be the compass of the people of Israel. And so as we look into, with, with, uh, with forgetting the Bible and, and the, uh, the temple being in a ruin, we, we see that they have lost it, you know, the, the most important documents that is supposed to be um, directing, directing their nations, they, they've forgotten about it. You know, they even not aware that something like that exists. That's why Josiah was quite astonished that something like this exists, and, and we're not even aware of it. And so when he read it, and he went into, on his knee, and then he started repenting. And so uh, not only Josiah repent, but he also invite the rest of Israel, everybody. In Israel, and and Josiah said, "This book is is our constitution. This is the book that every one of us should should know, but we've forgotten about it. But he's not going to keep it for for himself. And so he, he invites the leader, he invites the priest, who's supposed to teach the word, and and everybody gathered together and to listen to his word." And uh, as, as they, they listened to the word and, and their heart were touched by the, by the word and they, they started repentance as well. 
as uh, Josiah himself is, is, is doing. Now, as the people of Israel, the people of Judah, they've forgotten about this, this important book. It's buried and, and no one even think about it. It's not part of their life anymore. And it's, it's, it's a bit like the reflection of our society today. And, and most of our, our modern society, if I can stay in the context of, of Europe, most of, most of our, our society is actually built on the foundation of the scripture, on, of the Bible. And somehow it's, it is it's a similar reflection that the word of the Bible is now being buried in the business of life, in the worries of life, or in technology, or in whatsoever, we've, been come, we've become so smart that we don't need this ancient literature anymore. So, so the Bible today is, is not that relevant anymore to, to, to many people. And so people, the, the Bible, the book that transforms our nations, the book that even uh, most our laws, most, most our institutions have been inspired from, it's become something today, uh, it's only dump one that refer to it. You know, it's, it's a bit similar. And so it's a bit of, of invitation from, from God uh, this morning to raise up some Josiahs. Some, some, some Josiah then who, who are going to get hold of, of this book who would say it's not actually only for me. It's not only, it's not only for, for, for the church. It's, it's actually for, for everybody. What, what Josiah did is he realized how relevant the book was, and it is the same calling that we are having today to make the Bible be relevant again. And it is relevant. And it doesn't matter what, what people think about it, it doesn't change the truth of the Bible. And it is our responsibility as people of the Word, as people of, of God, to show how relevant this book is. And this, this is an invitation for us to find a creativity, a ways of how we can look at the Bible afresh and then put it in a way that someone out there who thinks that this is an ancient book, he will write, actually, I didn't, I didn't look at the Bible that way before. You know, when Josiah read this book to the rest of, of, of Israel, they started repenting because they realized that there is something in that book that has to do with their lives. And many people are out there, they are not aware that the Bible has a lot to do with their life. They are not aware that the very thing that they are looking for is actually found in the Bible. And they're not going to find it except we tell them, except we lead them to it. And so this, this year, 2017, is going to be the celebration of 500 years of, uh, of Reformation. And the, uh, the German and, and the whole world are preparing for it and how, how Luther, just um, uh, by his, his courage, and um, he, he started that, that little movement and uh, that the Bible can be accessible to everybody. 
and, and that revolutionized uh, Christianity as a whole. And, and, and it is from there that we've seen uh, reformation. And so this, this is going to be a, a celebration of that this year. And, 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 and this, this is an, an invitation for us as well to, um, to think about how, how transformational the Bible is and how we can make a way for, uh, for people to come to discover the treasure that is in, in, in this book. You know, I, I usually, I, I usually recommend the book like a proverb to even my, non, my non-Christian friends because there's a lot of wisdom in, in, in proverbs, you know. And you don't, you don't have to be a Christian actually to, to be a benefit, to get a benefit from, from proverbs, you know. Um, if you read things like, and, uh, and angry words can cause fire, but uh, a heart with meekness brings joy. You don't have to be a believer to, to benefit from, from that. And so there's this uh, amazing treasure in, in the Bible that um, we can make the scripture relevant again to those who um, Think of it otherwise. Basically, it is, it is an invitation for, for us to make people who have preconceived ideas about the Bible, maybe it is time for them to be thinking about it. Some, some of them even have preconceived ideas, even without exploring it. And we're not going to blame them, but our responsibility, how can we find a way? that invite people to be engaged with scripture without, without feeling that they have to actually commit for it. How, how can we find a way that people are engaged with it and then we leave the rest to the Holy Spirit and then finally people will discover by themselves. And they, they, they would, uh, God will lead them into repentance by, by themselves. So it's been quite a major thing for, for Josiah as he invited the people of Israel to... Um, to read and listen to the Bible, that it led to repentance. And one of the things that they, uh, they've also forgotten is the Passover. And uh, Josiah brought back the Passover into, into Israel. And, and then the passage says that there's never been a Passover like that since the, the time of Judges. You know? And that, that shows how much um, the people of Israel, uh, they've gone astray and they, they've forsaken um, the word of the Lord. And, um, and the king commanded all the people to keep the Passover. I'm reading from Second King 23, verse 21 to 23. Keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. For no such Passover has been kept since the day of the judges who judged Israel, or during all the day of the king of Israel, or of the king of Judah. But in the 18 years of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. So he brought the people of Israel into the celebration, into the festival that represent God uh, rescuing them from, from, from slavery. And, um, and that was the time that uh, Judah began to uh, recover um, her identity again. Uh, where Judah began to 
rediscover how joyful he restored worship in, in the temple. He, he, he repaired the temple and then organized the, the worship, the Ark of Covenant, back again into, into, into the temple. And then we think about uh, him being just a youth and how many more uh, other kings who uh, were tall and outstanding, but, but they messed it up. But as we think about the achievement of, of Josiah, that that's makes us to understand that the Spirit of God, uh, the power of God, it, it does not depend on um, who you are. You know, if, if God wants to, to work, he can use any, any instrument. And it's, it's, it's fascinating for me to look at this, at this achievement. So, so what can we learn from, from Josiah? You know, one, one, one of the things that at the beginning of, of the reign of Josiah, you can imagine, you can look at, he's never going to make it, you know. And, um, and this can be also uh, an encouragement for, for, for the young ones that um, they have everything to please God. They, they have everything they need that God can use them. This, this is what we, we see from, from Josiah. And so Josiah had so many obstacles, but one thing that we learned from Josiah that he did not allow any of those obstacles to stop him from doing what is right. And um, some of the, the obstacles that we will look at is his age. He's, 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 he's eight, you know. He was very young. That's enough an obstacle for him to say, oh, well, you know. Yeah, my dad and my granddad were not able to do it. Uh, I'm not even going to try. But he did not let that to stop him. He starts searching. God, he has horrible family inheritance. You know, Manasseh, his granddad, and Ammon, his dad, and all the other people that came after him. That's, a, that's an obstacle. That's a, there is no um, role model around him. There's no anyone around him that would inspire him. He didn't have any mentor to uh, lead him to achieve what, what he had. And um, he has a miserable condition in, in his country. You know, he's, Judah was a mess. And so it's not an environment for you to have uh, any, any achievement at all. But Josiah did not allow any of those to uh, prevent him. Um, from doing what he thinks God has asked him to do. And he, he had that calling to be, to be a king, and he, he had that calling to, to bring revival in, um, in Judah. And despite those many obstacles, he, did, he refused to be stopped by, by the obstacles. Any one of us can lead revival. Any one of us can produce revival. 
it's, it doesn't matter if, if it is a big one or if it is a small one. But any, of, any one of us, we have a potential to produce <coughs> revival through the help of God. It could be just leading uh, your brother or your sister or your colleague to Christ. That, that is a revival. It could be uh, sharing the gospel in, in your family and, and out of that someone in your family uh, decide to, to accept Jesus. That is a revival. It could be you actually rededicating yourself and rekindle the passion that God has put in your heart before and then you've forgotten about it. And, and it, it could be just making that decision to, to rediscover that, that calling. That, that is a revival. It, it, it could be bigger. It could be starting a church, starting a small group. It could be starting any, any project. It, it could be deciding every, every morning to uh, go and, and uh, say a hello to, to a neighbor. Uh, are you doing it because uh, you want to bring Jesus' smile to their face? That, that is a revival. So it doesn't have to be um, a big thing. But to, to get that, uh, we need to be like, like Josiah to overcome some of the obstacles that we have in our heart. And so what, what, what are the inner obstacles that you have in your heart? Maybe, maybe some, some passion that you have in your heart. You, you wanted to do that. You know, maybe you wanted, you've been thinking, I, I want to talk to Jesus. To, to Jesus. Um, I want to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. But there is, there is that, that obstacle in your heart preventing. Um, is that hesitation in, 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 in your heart. Um, uh, make a time to pray and, and ask God to give you a way how you can overcome that, that obstacle so that the revival would happen. No matter how big or small that uh, revival can, can, it, can be. Or maybe there's a promise of, of God in, in, in your heart or a word that God has spoken to you. Uh, maybe many time ago, many long, many long time ago, and, and because you got busy and discouraged and, and you've forgotten those, and maybe those, those words of God specific to you have been buried somewhere in your heart. It'd be like when the book of the law was buried in that temple. You know. Make a commitment to go and unearth that word. And maybe, maybe it is a time to go and, and look for your journals and, or whatever the notes that you've taken many ages ago and a specific word for, for word of God for you in that. And, and you've forgotten about it. And, and maybe it's that word that's, that needs to inspire you for, for something, something new with, with God. That we can we can learn from um, from the life of, of Josiah. Josiah, because he was so jealous uh, for God and he wanted to, prove it, to 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 protect God, and he he died almost suddenly as if uh, there is more he he could do, 
And then that's because of his uh, jealousy to preserve what, what God has given to him. You know, King Nico of Egypt was going against Assyria. And uh, in going to, uh, to, to attack Assyria, he planned to go and pass through Jerusalem. But because of the idol worship that they've seen there, Josiah didn't want King Nico to, to come to pass through. Uh, he wanted to prevent him, and so he went again, and so he was killed uh, by, by King Nico. But when he died, um, the Bible commentary indicated that uh, uh, Jeremiah has written even a lamentation for, for him. It's because his heart went so much after God, and from the mess, from the everything that has gone before him, he brought revival. He brought changes in uh, in his society. And um, I, I don't know um, what is what is God business with you. What is the Holy Spirit whispering to you? But you have an opportunity to uh, bring about revival. In, uh, in the lead that God would, um, would give you. My prayer is that um, God would give you strength to overcome the, the obstacles and uh, that you would not allow the obstacle to stop you from doing what is right, from uh, pleasing God and um, from showing the world that uh, the Bible is still relevant today. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for um, the privilege we have to uh, come into your presence and to uh, meditate on your word and uh, the privilege of uh, being an instrument in your hands so that people would see your light through our life. And I thank you for um, the example that we saw in, in the young Josiah. And um, how I've challenged I have been by his life. And, and I pray that there would be a desire of, in our heart to, to serve you in the way that you call us to. And not to make a name for ourselves but uh, to be obedient to your spirit. Lord, I pray that each one of us would accept to be an agent of renewal, an agent of revival in our way through your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.